بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم نحمد ونسلی اللہ رسول الکریم اما بعد الحمد للہ tonight is the 26th of november in the year 2023 alhamdulillah we moved on to the 24th night that we're going through the illustrious and blessed life of the eminent companion sayyidina abu hurairah and i spent a few sessions in which i mentioned some of the noble companions who ultimately testified that Sayyidina Abu Huraira was certainly a source of the sacred knowledge and his trustworthiness should never be doubted. And thus far I've mentioned our beloved mother Sayyidina Aisha radiyallahu anh, the illustrious son of Umar Sayyidina Abdullah ibn Umar radiyallahu anh, and one of the elite ten promised paradise Sayyidina Talha radiyallahu anh, who simply said, we have no doubt that he knew what we did not know and he heard what we did not hear. Not one from amongst us doubted him. So what a great testification from the elite uh, Badri and one of the ten, Sayyidina Talha, recorded in Bukhari in his tarikh. Another illustrious companion, the majestic host of our beloved messenger, Sayyidina Abu Ayyub al-Ansari, Somebody asked him, why do you relate from Abu Huraira when you embraced Islam earlier than him? He replied, he heard from Rasulullah many things we did not hear. This is in Hakim in his Mustadrak 3-512, Al-Bidayah 8-109. So again, note, whichever companion you turn to, they thought it's strange, the senior Sahaba knows only few, doesn't narrate many hadiths. And an inverted commas, a junior companion relating many hadiths. Doesn't make any sense. So Abu Ayyub echoed the seniors. He goes, he heard many things from the Prophet we didn't hear. So the Lord is But in another report, recorded by Hafiz Zahabi in his Siyar, volume 2, page 606, Ash'af ibn Salim relates from his father. When I came to Al-Madinah, I saw Sayyidina Abu Ayyub narrate from Abu Huraira from Rasulullah. I then asked in surprise, why do you do this? He responded, to hear and narrate from Abu Huraira who relates from Rasulullah is more beloved to me than to relate directly from Rasulullah. So look how strange. So imagine you was in the August gathering of Sayyidina Abu Ayyub radiallahu and he's saying this. I heard Abu Huraira relate that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam said. So what's strange? He's a sahab. So why is he relating through Abu Huraira? So somebody queried. He goes, why are you doing this? And look at his amazing statement. He goes, it's more beloved to me to relate through Abu Huraira to the Prophet than for me to narrate directly from the Prophet. Subhanallah. Such was the absolute trust this majestic man had for this most noble soul. So think about that. Normally that doesn't make any sense because you've gone through somebody else now. He weakens the report. You know, maybe ever so slightly. He goes, no. Going through Abu Huraira is better than if I heard it direct. So what was he telling the people in a beautiful manner? He goes, how could you question him? Radiyallahu. 
It is important to point out that the same was also true vice versa. For despite being the most prolific narrator of a hadith, Sayyidina Abu Huraira would often humbly request the students to go to other magnificent companions of Rasulullah. So you might get this impression that they were all defending Abu Huraira, go to him. And you might get the impression that he thought, yes, come to me. <laughs> Absolutely not. He would tell others to go to other companions of the Prophet. So for instance, in Tirmidhi, number 3811, Hassan Gharib Sahih, Mishkat, volume 4, number 145, in the chapter on the companions in general. Abu Huraira responded in amazement to Atabi'in by the name of Khaysama ibn Abi Sabra, who came to Al-Madina from Kufa to acquire knowledge. So picture the scene. Atabi'in has left Iraq, Kufa, called Khaysama. He's come all the way to Al-Madinah to acquire knowledge, which you think makes sense. But when he comes to Abu Huraira, Abu Huraira looks at him in amazement and he says, أَلَيْسَ فِيكُمْ سَعْدُ بْنُ مَالِكٍ مُجَابَدُ الدَّعْوَةِ Was there not amongst you in Kufa, Sa'ad ibn Malik, whose du'as were always answered? وَبْنُ مَسْعُودٍ صَاحِبُ الطَّهُورِ رَسُولِ اللَّهِ صلى الله عليه وسلم وَنَعْلَيْهِ Ibn Mas'ud, the one who used to carry the water for purification and the sandals of Rasulullah, wasn't he in Kufa? Hudayfa, the keeper of secrets of Rasulullah, wasn't he in Kufa? Ammar, whom Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has guarded from the shaitan upon the tongue of his prophet, wasn't he in Kufa? And Salman was sahibul kitabin. Salman, the companion of the two books. Qatada clarified. Wal kitaban al injilu wal Quran. And the two books are the Injil and the Quran. Subhanallah. So let's look at this very briefly. So is this authentic? The hadith is in Tirmidhi and he graded it authentic and mishkat. So, which great personalities did Abu Huraira tell Khaysama, why have you left them? The first he mentioned was Sa'ad ibn Abi Waqas. And he mentioned one of his, uh, one of his uh, um, honors, that his dua would always get answered, famously. He'd make a dua, Allah would answer it. He goes, you left him. The second person he mentioned was Abdullah ibn Mas'ud and what did he mention about him? He goes, he would carry the purification water and the sandals of Rasulullah. You left him. Then he mentioned Hudayfa, the one who knew the Munafiks. He goes, did he, you left him. Then he mentioned Ammar ibn Yasir. And the Prophet mentioned that he's protected from shaitan because he made a dua for him. Because you left him. And Salman, the companion of the two books, the Injil and the Quran. So look how beautiful. If you look at just this one report, you think Abu Huraira is like, he doesn't really know, he's not confident, and he's telling people to go to other companions. But like I keep mentioning, subhanallah, this humility was a trademark of the companions who lived as if they were totally oblivious to their own ranks and status. So this is again so beautiful. So yes, they were defending Abu Huraira. They goes, go to Abu Huraira. He goes, we trust him. Not one of us doubted him. But when they actually went to him, what have you come to me for? <laughs> Go to the Sahaba. 
So imagine the Tabin is probably thinking, well, I'm being knocked from pillar to post. <laughs> but that's their humility. Indeed, think about this, subhanAllah. Even the majestic Khilaf al-Rashidin, radiyallahu ta'ala anhum, would inquire from this most honorable man. Abu Huraira himself said, radiyallahu because the people were aware of my close relationship with Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, they used to ask me about the hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Those who used to ask me include Umar, Uthman, Ali, Talha, Zubair, radiyallahu ta'ala By Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, I did not miss one hadith from him sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that occurred in Al-Madinah nor anything that occurred within his chamber and that which occurred outside of Al-Madinah. After this, Marwan could con- would continue to treat Abu Huraira kindly. So let's look at this. So this is recorded in Abu Dawood, number 1261, Al-Bidayah 8-928, Ibn Sa'ad in his tabaqat, Al-Isab, page 763 of the New English Translation. So Abu Huraira, he's talking about the people who would ask him for hadith. Look at the men he mentioned. Umar would ask him about hadith. Think about that. Uthman would ask him about hadith. Think about that. Ali would ask him about hadith. And Talha and Zubair. So why did he mention them in particular? Because these are the greatest of the greats. They would ask me about hadith. Then look what he said. Now this is a, you know, if you think about it, it's mind-boggling. He goes, I didn't miss a single hadith from Rasulullah that occurred in Medina. How many Sahaba could say that? Know anything in his dwelling. Now, how did he know that? Because anything in his dwelling, I know the hadith. And outside of Al Medina, I knew the hadith. So, what was he basically saying? You won't come across a hadith I don't know. And then the report says, Marwan would then treat Abu Huraira with kindness. There's a reason for that. I'm going to mention that at the relevant, relevant time. So why have I mentioned this report? Now who's asking him for hadith? Umar, Uthman and Ali, three of the Khilaf al Rashidin. If he's not trustworthy, then your whole deen's gone. So now what's interesting? It is true that Amir al-Mu'mineen, Sayyidina Umar radiyallahu was initially alarmed at Abu Huraira's prolific relating. That is true. So for instance, what, what, where does it mention? It is related. Abu Huraira was asked, radiyallahu, did you narrate a hadith during the Khalifat of Umar just as you used to relate it before? Abu Huraira, radiyallahu, said, had I done this in Umar's Khalifat, he would have whipped me. This is recorded by Hafiz ibn Abdul Barr Rahmatullahi in his Jami Bayan al Ilm, volume 1, page 121, Tazkiratul Hufaz, volume 1, page 7. So now think about that. If you just isolate this hadith, what would you think? You would think that Abu Huraira radiyallahu stopped narrating hadith in Umar's Khalifat. Somebody asked him, because, Did you narrate hadith during Khalifat of Umar? Like you did, meaning frequently. And Abu Huraira radiyallahu said, If I did what I did normally in Umar's Khalifat, he would have whipped me. So now if you look at this report, it seems to indicate that maybe Umar had a problem with him. The answer is no. This does not mean Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forbid that Sayyidina Umar radiyallahu did not give much importance to the sunnah. Why? Because he specifically said on one occasion 
a person will soon, sorry, a people will soon emerge who will argue with you based on the ambiguous verses of the Quran. Those restrict them by the blessed Sunnah. For verily indeed the people of the Sunnah are the most knowledgeable of the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I despite what others may think. So this is recorded by Hafiz ibn Qayyim rahmatullahi in his Ilam, volume 1, page 54 to 5. He states, this narration reaches the highest levels of authenticity. So what does it simply say in this Sayyid report? Sayyidina Umar radiyallahu, he was saying, some deviants are going to emerge. And what are they going to do? They're going to argue with you with unclear verses of the Quran. Now, what did he mean? What did Sayyidina Umar mean by that? The Prophet وسلم, said that the people with disease in their hearts, they will use the unclear verses. So Umar is warning us. He goes, a time is coming when people are going to argue with ambiguous verses. Then look what he said. Restrict them by the sunnah. Because the people of the sunnah are the most knowledgeable of the Quran. Despite what others think. So why is this hadith critical to understand the previous report? Because Umar's love for the sunnah was immense. If he was restricting Abu Huraira, it doesn't mean he stopped narrating the hadiths. What he's concentrating on is in the Quran. And he's saying that the people who have the deepest knowledge of the Quran are the ones who have sunnah. So who was he praising there? Abu Huraira. Those Amir al-Mu'mineen's initial fear was that in those early days, the Quran may be inadvertently neglected. However, when this fear passed, he once again allowed the sacred hadith to be propagated. Why? Because the Quran was the first port of call. Islam was still new. Islam had spread to other lands. So if people were diluting with the Quran the Sunnah, they may leave the Quran out of ignorance. So Umar was initially saying, Quran, focus on the Quran. But how do we know that he changed this stance? In Al-Bidayah 8-107, Ibn Asakir in his Tariq Dimishq 47-487, Hafiz Zahabi in his Seer 2-434. Sayyidina Abu Huraira himself relates, Umar learned about my abundant relating of hadith. Does he summon me? And he said, O Abu Hurairah, when we went with Rasulullah to the dwelling of so-and-so, were you with us? I replied, yes, I was indeed present and I know why you are even asking me about this. To stop in the report. Umar summoned him, and he's asking him, can you remember the day? When we went with Rasulullah to the dwelling of somebody, somebody's dwelling. Can you remember that? That's what we asked him. Abu Huraira said yes, but then he said something very interesting. I know why you're asking me about this. So think about that. How did he even work it out? He's only asked him. Remember that day we went to so-and-so's dwelling. I even know what you're asking me about. So Umar goes, go ahead and clarify. Why am I asking you about it? So Abu Huraira said, On that day, Rasulullah said, Whoever intentionally ascribes falsehood to me has then prepared his place in Jahannam. Mm -hmm. 
Umar looked at me. Abu Huraira said. He then said, if you know this, then go and narrate hadith. In another report, he said, narrate now as many hadith as you desire, O Abu Huraira. So why had Umar summoned him? Umar had summoned him, radiyallahu, because he was thinking that he, maybe he doesn't know this hadith. Or maybe he's forgot. And what is the hadith? The hadith is the mutawatir hadith. Whoever intentionally lies about me has prepared his place in Jahannam. Now, what's important? Intentionally. That's the mercy of the Prophet So Why? Because sometimes you narrate and later on you find it's not true. But if you know there's a fake hadith and you still persist, you've guaranteed your place in the hellfire. So Abu Huraira goes, I think that's why you've called me. So Umar looked at Abu Huraira, because if you know this, like we say in today's day, it's going to knock yourself out. You can narrate as many hadith as you want. In other words, there was the fear, thinking, look, I'm doing this for your protection. Umar radiallahu then said by way of praise, out of all of us, you were the most constant attendant of Rasulullah's company and the memorizer of his hadith, or Abu Huraira. Recorded by Hafiz ibn Hajar Asqalani rahmatullahi in Al-Isab. Now think about that. Umar radiallahu, what was his knowledge? When he was martyred, Hudayfa radiallahu said, nine-tenths of knowledge has been buried. Ninety percent. So that's his knowledge. The Prophet said, if there was a Prophet after me, it would have been Umar. This is in Tirmidhi, graded Hassan. So many hadiths. What did this mountain of a man say to Abu Huraira? Out of all of us, you were the most constant attendant of Rasulullah's company and the memorizer of his hadith. So going back to the initial report, yes, Abu Huraira said, I, I didn't array many hadith in Umar's Khalifat. If I did, he would have whipped me. But that is during the early period of his Khalifat. Umar then summoned him. And then when he said, yes, I remember this hadith, he goes, narrate as much as you want. Meaning you are absolutely trustworthy. I was only thinking of you. I had to protect you. So to finish on this report, in Imam Ahmad in his Musnad, number 7631, Sahih Thabit ibn Qais, Rahmatullah, relates that Abu Huraira radiyallahu said, A strong wind blew when the people were on the road to Makkah and Umar ibn al-Khattab radiyallahu was going to Hajj. So picture this here. It's the Arabian Peninsula. Wind is not common. Suddenly a strong wind blew, which like here is common in England. But in that blessed part of the world is rare. A strong wind started blowing. They're on the road to Makkah. They're going to Hajj. The wind grew more intense. And Umar then asked the people around him. Man Who can narrate to us about the wind? Anybody know anything about the wind? Nobody answered him. Then I was informed, Abu Huraira said, what Umar had asked. Thus I urged my mount to speed up until I caught up with him. I thereupon said, O Amir al-Mu'mineen, I have been informed that you have asked about the wind. I have heard Rasulullah say, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Al-Rihu min rawhi Allah, 
تحتي بالرحمة وتعتي بالعذاب The wind is under the command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Sometimes it brings mercy and sometimes it brings punishment. فَإِذَا رَأَيْتُمُوهَا فَلَا تَسُبُّوهَا وَسَلُوا اللَّهَ خَيْرَهَا وَاسْتَعِيذُوا بِهِ مِنْ شَرِّهَا Thus if you see it, then do not revile it. Rather ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for his goodness. And seek refuge with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from its evil. And Umar smiled. So let's look at this. So where is it recorded? In Imam Ahmad's Musnad, Sayyid Hadith. So they're going to Hajj. So was Abu Hurairah now going to Hajj? Yes. What did I mention? What prevented him from Hajj? He's looking after his, looking after his mother. So this indicates obviously maybe his mother has passed away. Allah Ta'ala knows best. He's doing Hajj. So the wind blows. And Umar, you know, he's asking. This Sahaba probably. Definitely Tabeen. Because anybody know anything about the wind? Nobody said anything. Abu Huraira, this shows him must have been a large contingent. Somebody gets the news to him. He goes, and he's asked about the wind. Nobody's answered him. So he goes, Allah. So straight away, what do you realize? He knew. But others didn't know. So he goes over. And he goes, I've heard Amir al-Mu'mineen, the Prophet say, and what did the Prophet Islam say? The wind is under the command of Allah. It brings mercy, it brings punishment. Mm. Then what did the Prophet Islam say? If you see it, meaning it, it starts blowing, never curse it. Mm. Ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for his goodness, seek refuge with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from his evil. Don't you think Umar is going to act upon that as soon as he heard that? Mm. Now, why did the Prophet say, don't curse it? Because that's what shaitan inspires in you. You know, it's when wind blows, you, go, you even swear sometimes. The Prophet said, don't curse it. Why? In one report, the Prophet said, if the thing you're cursing doesn't deserve it, it comes back to the one who utters it. So you've damned yourself. So this is why Umar was asking about the wind. But look how teaching. Umar did not question Abu Hurairah. He goes, how come you know this? How come nobody else knows this? Indicating that he was the source for the prophetic knowledge. And look how touching. He's during Hajj. You can get the lesson there that he's performing Hajj with Amir al-Mu'mini during his August Khalifa. So all I mentioned again today was the companions love and veneration and trust of this most noble man's knowledge with regards to the sacred hadith. I started with Abu Ayyub al-Ansari. And then I mentioned very important point that Abu Huraira will tell others, tell them, tell the Tabi'een, go to the other company, why have you come to me? And this shows their utter humility. And then I mentioned Umar who was very strict initially with regards to the narrating of hadith, but later he allowed it and he summoned Abu Huraira. And then I mentioned the report with regards to the wind. Are there any questions you'd like to ask? Subhanallahi